RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to another edition of the Real Animals Podcast, always presented by our good friends at Contender Boats. Today I've got a, uh, a, a dear friend and a, a special guest. He is a U.S. Army veteran. He is the COO of our good friends at Reeling Freedom. You can check them out now or anytime at reelingfreedom.com. He is also the tournament director for the Warrior Shootout Fishing Tournament, which benefits Reeling Freedom. So we got a lot of Reeling Freedom stuff to talk about with this fine gentleman, but we're going to talk about some other stuff as well. Captain Gene Hammond joins me. Gino, how are you, pal? Doing well, Captain Mike. Thanks for having us. And, you know, as always, thank you so much for your support for this foundation. It's pretty awesome. Well, it's uh, it's uh, well-deserved support. You know, unfortunately, there's as there is in, in every in every situation and every scene, there's groups out there that do charity work and some of them do a little bit of it good and a lot of it not so good. And in Reeling Freedom's case, everything that um, I've ever I've ever heard, everything I've ever seen out of uh, out of Reeling Freedom has been spectacular. So uh, that and the fact that uh, can't help but like a uh, a fellow veteran uh, like yourself turned uh, captain. Um, it's all good stuff. It's a good fit, and uh, and we appreciate you. Let's 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 talk a little bit. Um, obviously, U.S. Army veteran. You uh, yeah. you had several deployments uh, to the desert. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, after nine eleven, all that stuff. Um, you know, just. I guess a perspective for maybe our listeners on on the desert. You know, I always talk. Yeah, uh, I always talk about the desert, and and I've never. Uh, obviously, I'm a veteran, but I never, you know, I never served in the desert. But there's very few places to me that look any worse than oh boy. than the Middle East. I mean, seriously, to, to what? Yeah, you just can't. It's just so it's so crappy over there. It really <laughs> is. I mean. You just, you can't imagine um, just seeing the local folks and what they go through. We are, we are extremely sheltered in the United States, you know, to not have to worry about stuff blowing up or dictators um, harming your family because you don't support them. It's, it's a completely different world over there. And these kids that are going over there at 18, 19 years old, my heart breaks for them, you know. I did, um, I landed in Tampa, um, a couple of weeks after nine 11 and I found myself sitting in the desert about a month after that in, um, a really crappy place called Qatar or Qatar right. where I was running satellite communications over there. And you couldn't imagine, I mean, uh, at, by 11 PM, it's about 115 degrees outside and we're trying to keep communications equipment. Um, you know, I'm trying to keep communications cool over there so people could talk. I was no, I was no first line shooter or no special ops guys. I just made sure people could talk over satellite communications. And that's what I did on, um, six different deployments over there. And I never once, um, 
I certainly never stayed more than 180 days, but I did six trips over there. Oof. And, um, wow. you know, that, that, that was it. And a couple of trips to into Baghdad. I was, you know, I'd found myself sitting in Baghdad, um, about a week after we took the city. If you remember, I do. Um, yeah. I yeah. Remember it. Um, I no, there was a guy by the name of Paul Bremer. He was a civilian in charge, kind of running the show over there. And I was just sitting, you know, had already been to Qatar a couple of times, maybe three times. And here's a big problem about all those deployments. Again, I have, I have a really bad um, problem with memory because of uh, TBI and traumatic brain injury. Um, not from the military service, but um, I have all these memories of stuff in the desert and some memories I just can't remember. Some things I see pictures, I can't even remember, but it's hard for me to place, you know, to place which memory goes with which deployment, <laughs> you know, they all kind of run together. And, are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and some of that stuff, you know, I've tried to forget and I, you know, I, I deal with anxiety problems and crowds because of, certain situations I got myself into in the desert like that. And, you know, when I finally got out, um, I, I was in such a fortunate place to be able to help other veterans get through issues like this. It took me 12 to 13 years just to go talk to somebody. Paul and I, Paul Gage and I joke around about the wizard. Have you talked to your wizard today? Um, it took me, 13 years just to go talk to somebody and it, and it really helped me do what I do for veterans today. You know? Yeah. That's uh, it's, so. it's, it's pretty, uh, it, when, when doing radio on nine seventy for so many years now and having the news playing all around you in the studio so many times there was stuff going on and I, and I wasn't, I couldn't hear it, but I could see it. In, in the studio, you can see pictures of the desert. You can see pictures of these kids, the soldiers. And, and it, to me, it doesn't matter if you, if you're, whether you're breaking down doors over there or whether yeah. you're doing communications or whether you're a supply guy. You know, it, it, it doesn't really matter. The, to me, the desert's the desert. You're part of a unit. And, and for, for people that have never served – and have never been overseas in a strange place. There's no, there's no more unique bond um, than the bond I had probably with the guys when I was stationed in Germany. Now, yeah, you know, you, we you were, also, uh, I, I've heard you, you talk about your military service. Don't sell yourself short, um, Captain Mike. You raised your right hand. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah, you, you took an oath. You know, I'm it doesn't you. matter. I say it all the time. It doesn't matter if you're a first line shooter, a comms guy, a supply guy, or a cook. You raised your right hand, and that um, active duty represents one half of one percent of the population of the United States. So, do not ever sell yourself no, short. Yeah, and, and one I, half of one percent. So. I totally agree with you, and, and I know I do that, and I appreciate you. But what, what I was saying, what I was really kind of headed towards was. I, I, if you haven't served and you haven't served overseas, it's hard to imagine how close you get 
with the people on your base, on your at yeah. your camp, because you're in the middle of nowhere. Most of the people outside the walls, outside the fences of your base, don't speak very good English, or some of them don't speak English at all. Some of them speak English, but most of them don't. Yeah. And in the case of being in the desert, I got to believe, and again, coming from a guy who was, I was stationed in Europe, spent some time in Spain and, and did some TDY stuff, but, you know, mine was all during peacetime. I mean, you know, so we didn't expect when we, you know, walked outside the gates and went down to the, to the you know, local bar to get a beer that we were going to have any issues, and we didn't in my, you know, in my time in Europe. But th- what these kids are going through in the Middle East is a whole different deal. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, and that's why I try to tell people when I'm sitting there doing the show, I'm like, you can't even imagine. I, I can't imagine. And I served. I raised my right hand. I, I went and I got my head shaved, dressed in green, you know, did all the deal, you know. And, 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 and fortunately, I didn't have to see anything that I couldn't erase. Some of these kids are going through some stuff that you can't ever erase. You can't, you can't imagine the living hell that they're walking in. To me, it's just mind-blowing. You just gave me, just just thinking back, I, I just got the chills listening to you talk because I was sitting that, that two weeks after I landed in at Biap International, Baghdad International. Um, I found myself um, in the courtyard of Saddam's Palace. Wow. Right. Yeah. It's right there. Right there on the Tigris River. We were sleeping in the in the hallways in our skivvies in cots. It was so stinking hot just to go outside. But um, I saw these eighteen, nineteen, and twenty-year-old kids that were um, combat medics getting uh, awards for their bravery, and that these kids were beat up and shaking I, and no, I don't know how graphic you want me to be, but they were literally picking up body parts and, and sure. disposing of, I couldn't imagine doing that as an 18 year old kid, you know, that oh, it yeah. just, it broke my heart to see these kids uh, and, and what they had to go through. I was, you know, I was a little bit older in, in my thirties, but, um, you just can't imagine. Well, and, just you know, can't imagine. Truth, truth yeah. be told again, we definitely can't imagine it for an 18 year old. I can't imagine it for anyone. Um, and those I often, and that's why I get caught downplaying my time in the service so much, even though I did raise my right hand and obviously would have done whatever I was called upon to do, but feel blessed that while I was in, we didn't have a whole, there was no nonsense going on. The middle East was just starting to starting to crank up into the craziness that, uh, it is today uh, toward the end of yeah. my career in the military. So, um, you know, and I, and I don't want to, the, the point of the, the podcast here is not to, is not to just talk about, you know, the Middle East and how horrible it is. We all know that. But, but my drive was to get across to some of these people how important the work is that you, Captain Gene Hammond and Reeling Freedom are doing Um and, and so you know how I feel about you guys. My hat's off to you guys. How does how does Gene Hammond make this voyage? Let's let's try to redirect. Let's let's. How do you make the voyage yeah. from you know that to Captain Gene Hammond? You know, um, 
making positive ways with your own tournament and getting into reeling freedom? How does all that take place? Well, um, that's a really good story. I've, I've always been a fisherman. Um, when I was in the military, I actually worked on a dive charter out of Dunedin, Florida. I was trying to become a dive master and helping a, a, a local captain there take, do um, scuba diving trips on the weekend just to make a little extra money. Sure. And uh, that's where I fell in love with the water. I had always been a fisherman, my, and I that that's all due to my grandfather. Um, he he would say, "Let's go, son." Let's, let's pick up his reels, rods and reels, and he's like, let's go. He would literally say, let's go watch the baseball game on the radio. <laughs> I'm like, watch nice. baseball we fish. He's like, use your imagination. So my grandfather, you know, I fished um, in southeast Kansas chasing bass around. I would ride my bike around and so on. And, and we'd run trot lines on the river. And I did that with my grandfather and a little bit with my father. But um, God bless him, I do miss my grandfather. But he's the reason I'm a fisherman. And, I, you know, when I landed in Tampa doing that dive charter, I just fell, fell in love with, with offshore fishing and spear fishing. And uh, I'm mainly an offshore guy. But, well, you know, I have an extremely, extremely decent job that – allows me a lot of flexibility and I've always had this need because of my own issues. I've always had the need to give back as much as I possibly can. And really good story of how I came into reeling freedom. I was actually, my wife and I were doing a veterans fishing tournament for my old unit up in Newport Ritchie. Um, an annual veterans fishing tournament. And I had about um, eight to 10, um, eight to 10 guys coming from out of town to support me. And I had these local charter captains um, lined up to take, take these guys out on the water during tournament day. Well, about three to four weeks before the tournament was about ready to kick off. I'm trying to confirm, and you've done these, these tournaments yourself, Mike organized. It is, it is so much work (laughs) to, it's a full-time job, right? No doubt. But I was trying to confirm these local charter captains and every single one of them canceled on me. Wow. Every single one That's of crazy. them. I'm like, what, what am I going to do now? And I was taking my daughter to school one day. I pulled into Wawa to get fuel. And here comes this guy in a boat, pulled right in next to me. He looked pretty professional. He didn't have a boat wrap or anything. But I just leaned over and I said, hey, are you a local charter captain? And it was Fred Heidegger from Patriot Charters up in Hudson. He's like, well, yeah. I sure am, you know, I'm fueling up to go out, go meet up with clients now. And I told him what had happened and what I'm trying to do and what, what it was all about. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to support you. Um, I will donate my time. And not only am I going to fish your tournament, I'm going to bring three more charter captains with me to get your boys out on the water. And Oh, by the way, I have a good friend named Paul Gage you guys are trying to do the same thing. You guys need to meet. 
So ultimately, I met up with Paul Gage. Paul came to my tournament. He's like, I love what you're doing. Why don't we combine forces? And it's all history from that. So that's that's how my veterans fishing tournament, veterans appreciation tournament, morphed into what the Warrior Shootout is today. Nice. And um, we had such a good event um, last weekend. We had um, Nashville recording our artist Aubrey Woolett, Woolett singing the national anthem for us, and it was just extremely angelic. Just gave me chills. We had the Marine Corps color guard out there, and I and I, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but I did a final roll call for a friend of ours who lost his son in the desert to an IED. And if um, just just look on Facebook and Instagram, all all the videos are posted there. But it, it was just a great event and a great dedication to one of our soldiers that is no longer here because of, um, you know, his deployment right. in the desert. I always, so. I always talk about on the radio, you know, we, we obviously we, we, we mourn the loss of our soldiers, our sons and our daughters who, who make that, Huge sacrifice, but I'm also yeah. very spiritual, so I also believe that uh, they are now in a better place than the place we have here. And and the true pain is to those left behind, the moms, the dads, yeah. the brothers, and the sisters. Those are those are the ones. You know, I've met too many um, that have lost their children uh, in the Middle East. Uh, you know. In, on foreign soil, um, you know, respecting the red, white, and blue, and and and, and keeping our freedoms where they are. Um, so it's you know, yeah, it's a big listen. This is you know, that's why there's so much you know, there's so much angst in in our world over the the kneeling for the national anthem. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. message. Yeah. It's not message based. It's not that the people that are we're not a People aren't upset about the message that you're trying to get across. People just hold that flag in such high regard because maybe their life has been touched more deeply by the flag. It, it just touches, you know, it touches just so many people in, a, in an odd way. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a single friend that agrees with that type of practice. And I used to get so upset, Mike, during all of those deployments and, and coming here and there. Um, I, I remember going into McGill Air Force Base. I was in the Army, but I was in a special a special unit that had all of the services in the unit for communications. But I was going into McGill one day, and there were people picketing and laying in the road, right? This I'm, I'm going to try to... Um, put a different perspective on the way people think about this kneeling thing, but um, there were people laying in the road and I would get so upset at these people, just irate, mad. And I was sitting in, in my office before formation. We had physical training formation for, and my first sergeant happened to walk by and he could hear that I was, I was verbally upset and, and complaining about these things. He's like, sorry, Hannah, calm down a second. Would you be doing 
anything different if those people will, were there or not. Um, did you not raise your right hand to defend their freedom of speech? For sure. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. He's right. Absolutely. So while I do not agree with somebody kneeling before our flag, I would not do anything different. And I will not, I will not, I will also never disregard an entire industry because of the actions of a few sure. that, that people have done. But right. just think about it differently. I'm, I guess I got, I have a different perspective because I did deploy and I did raise my right hand. We, but, but we, we, for, actually, for we your, actually, we actually have the exact same perspective when, when that whole thing yeah. first went down with Colin Kaepernick, yeah. I do a, I do a radio uh, a call in every Friday afternoon with Beckles and Retcher now on 95.3 WDAE, but it was with Ron and Ian um, when, yeah. when Ron Diaz was still there. Well, when it first went down, Ron Diaz did the intro for my little fishing report and said, it'll be very interesting to get Captain Anderson's opinion on this because he is, as we all know, a veteran. And I said right then and there, I said, listen, I, under no circumstances, would you ever see me kneeling for the flag. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. With that being never. said, yeah. with that being said, I spent almost seven years of my life defending Americans' right to have an opinion. Right. That you can do that. That's okay. That's your opinion. And I'm okay with that. On the same note, I also believe that they need to be okay with my opinion not to like it. Absolutely. I don't like the fact that you do that. That's my opinion. It's also my opinion that that's your right. You get to do that. I'll tell you an interesting story now that we fell onto the flag deal here. My daughter plays college basketball out in Lake Wales. So we get to go to a couple of games over the Christmas time when all the kids weren't there with the COVID. We couldn't, parents weren't allowed in the gyms. But when the kids all went home and it was just the basketball teams, they let the parents, two parents from each player, could come to the games. We get to the game, they play the national anthem, and my daughter is kneeling. And, you know, of course I noticed it, and I didn't say a word to her. Yeah. She actually yeah. brought it up about uh, three games later. I was on the phone just checking on her one day, and she said, uh, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, what's that? And she said, I want to talk to you about me kneeling for the national anthem. And I said, okay. And she said, uh, I imagine, you know, you probably, you may not agree with that. And I said, well, I said, Georgia, I can promise you it's something that I would never choose to do. You know, why did you choose to do it? She said, well, dad, I thought a lot about it. And I went and I talked to my teammates. I talked to my teammates to find out why they were kneeling, what it meant to them, what, you know, and, I, and, and she said, and then after much conversation with them, I decided to kneel with them. And I said right away, I said, you know what? You'll never hear me say a word about it. All I want to yeah. know is that you took the time. You don't kneel or not kneel just based on, you know, what everybody else was doing. You did the homework on it. You made your own decision to kneel. I can respect that. And that's all that yeah. was ever said about yeah. it. I totally understand. And that's that's the important thing. Don't stomp on the flag because you think it's cool or because your buddy's doing it. 
make sure that you do it with conviction. Make sure that you have done your homework and feel strongly about what it is you're doing because the lives that we've lost for the red, white, and blue are unimaginable. For for the freedom that we experience just driving around and going to work and not having to worry about all the chaos that goes on in all these other countries is all because of the men and women that died for that red, white, and blue. Exactly. And I guarantee you, and no offense to your daughter, but I guarantee you anybody that is kneeling when, when those colors go up have never carried a casket or handed a folded flag over to next of kin and loved one. For sure. Well, these are kids. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 For sure. Even, even grown men like, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's a peaceful protest. I guarantee you they've never had to go through that. When I was uh, first, um, sergeant first class in the Army, I was the worst detail I ever had in all of my time in the military was casualty assistance officer. So I had to go knock on doors. I guarantee you they've never had to do that and watch a 22-year-old mother drop to her knees after you as soon as you open the door for sure well and yeah. I, and i think and they know exactly why you're there and i think you know? and i think just to be and i want to make it clear that under no uncertain circumstances at any time what the issues that we have in this country with color for some unbeknownst reason to me why that's even an issue is ridiculous why there's any yeah. of that nonsense going yeah. on, it's unacceptable. So from that standpoint, I get it. I understand the protest. I understand being tired of it. I get it. I'm on board. I wish we yeah. could do it in a different way. I don't like the disrespecting the flag. And again, ex-military, my father was military, grandfather's military. So it just rings different with me. I don't like, I really don't, what really bothers me more than anything is the opinion part. How you can't have an opinion that doesn't match that opinion. That's the thing that bothers yeah. me. I don't have a problem with you yeah. having that opinion, but you have to understand that it's my right not to like your opinion. I don't need, it's not my right to tell you. I don't, I shouldn't be up in your face yelling at you because you're kneeling. If you choose to kneel, that's fine. Shouldn't have anything to do with, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with me and how I respect the flag. Yeah. That's what America was built on. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing in our, I don't want to get political, but it's almost like nobody can debate anymore <laughs> and respect and can, and respect another person's point of view. Opinion, yes. That is what this country is built on. Exactly. It drives me, debate. absolutely drives me nuts. Ab- yeah. Insane. Yeah, it insane. drives me nuts. You should... Listen, not everybody has to be a Democrat. Not everybody has to be a Republican. We don't all have to see eye to eye. We never have. In the history of the country, not everyone's seen eye to eye. What it's built on. It's what What it's built built on. Exactly. And that's how, yeah, yeah, I I actually got got into a little squirmish situation on the radio, on the Sunday morning radio show with a listener who, you know, was barking at me and I was like, listen, bro, you know, I had asked for all the listeners' opinion on something. And a guy called in and he started kind of berating my opinion. And I'm like, first of all, Chief, I didn't give you my opinion. I haven't even right. put my opinion out there. I just asked for y'all's opinion on this subject. Didn't tell you where I stood on it. Number two, 
You can call in here, and your opinion doesn't have to be the same as mine on any subject. It, in in, this, right, in no? this show, on this show in America, your opinion is your opinion, and I'm okay with it. I'm not going to dislike you because it's not the same as mine. That's not, that's bad. That's bad wooju, and that's where we're getting to some bad places where you know. Well, I, I think a lot of people put way too much effort in trying to make a point on why your opinion is wrong instead of right. making a point on why they believe what they believe. You know, I, that's just the way I see it. You, you know, know what? I mean, it's, I remember as a kid, my father, my mother, different strokes for different folks. It's always been yeah. that way. It's always been that way. You're not going to make everything, you know, like a Rubik's cube where all of a sudden all the sides match. Everything's, you know, color coded and it's all perfect. It's just, it's always going to be a mess and that's, that's okay. It's a beautiful thing. So what's coming up with reeling freedom. Let's go back to, uh, to our conversation on reeling freedom and all the great things you guys are doing over there, taking soldiers, fishing, uh, helping these warriors, uh, recover, give them a little downtime, a little less stress time where they can regroup and re-energize and, um, just relax a little bit. What uh, What's on the horizon for Reeling Freedom? Well, that, that's what it's all about. You know, that's what Reeling Freedom is all about. You can't talk to, you know, of course we live in paradise, but um, you, you, you meet very few people that take a vacation to relax and decompress. Very few of those people that take those vacations aren't sitting next to a body of water a river, a lake. There's something about the water that is, is just therapy, right? And that's, we use those properties at Real and Freedom to give back to our soldiers and, and first responders to give them a reason to get out and relax and to help them heal. You know, um, we are, of course, the warrior shootout we do once a year in March, um, usually the first weekend of March. But we are, we're always um, we're going to try and start using. You know, it's just me and Paul, Paul Gage, Captain Paul Gage, trying to do take. I got a list of two hundred veterans. It's impossible for us to take them all out. Um, it just we we both have full time jobs and and other businesses to run. So we're going to try to utilize local captains to help pay for costs and charters um, to get uh, our list of veterans out on the water. And we are here in April. We're organizing a big event with um, Captain Anthony Carella from Pocket Change Charters. Um, we're going to get about 50 or 60 veterans with local captains on the water or, you know, just get them out on the water and, um, and go fishing and go fishing. Of course, we're always at the, um, most of the major king fishing events because Paul and I are offshore, um, mainly offshore fishermen. And we try to get veterans there. Um, I cannot thank James and Jenny Malls from Angler Arm- Armory enough. They have pretty much taken reeling freedom under their wing as their um, go-to um, 
nonprofit to help get these veterans out on the water. But, you know, just look us up. We're always, um, we're always running. We're always putting content, content out there and we're always trying to get our veterans on the water. I, I think I, I think over the last couple of years here, I hear angler armory so much. Uh, I don't know that much about the organization, but it sure seems like they're doing a lot of great things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a local uh, fishing club. Um, and they, he, James and Jenny run some amazing Kingfish tournaments. He does, he does a really good job uh, running those tournaments. I think if I remember right, he was involved early on with old salts foundation and helped, helped kind of put the King of the beach together. Okay. And, um, and just kind of branched from there. Interesting. Yeah. Got to check them out. Yeah. yeah. That's cool stuff. So I got a couple of just questions that I have to ask. Okay. So every podcast, we yeah, kind of yeah. got to pick these, these questions out here. So if, if the good Lord came down and said you could only fish for one more fish for the rest of your life, which fish would it be and why? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You get one, um, but you get to fish them a lot. I only get one. I only get one. You get one. But That's I get it. to fish them a lot. I would have to say a sailfish. Really? Okay. Yes. I love catching sailfish. I've caught them out here um, locally, but I tow my boat over to the Jupiter Inlet and down to the Keys. I've dragged Ballyhoo around. And um, just watching the, you know, the sailfish is the official um, fish of Florida. And just watching that thing dance and come out of the water, and um, it's a good fight. And a sailfish. There you go. All that's, right, I like that's that. What I would do. Yeah. Well, now yeah. with with your deployments and and growing up in Kansas and all that kind of stuff, so so if there was only one more place that Captain Gene Hammond could fish for the rest of his life, where would it be and why? I imagine now you got to be offshore because you want to catch nothing but sailfish. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be in the island somewhere. I'm going to draw my last breath somewhere between Key West and the BVI. I can guarantee it. That's where I'm going to be. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love it down there. That's very cool. When's the next uh, Warrior sh- Shootout, and how can people get more information on it? Well, um, always, as always, go to reelingfreedom.com. And uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Real and Freedom. Um, the next Warrior Shootout is going to be next March, but we're kind of hinting around with doing a grouper American Red Snapper showdown in June. So that's that might be a lot of fun if you want to get offshore and uh, and go try to find gag grouper and ARS to that in June. We'll have more information out there real soon. Okay, yeah, well, keep me posted. You know we'll plug it on the radio. Captain Gene Hammond, we appreciate you very much, man. Everything you do, uh, ever since I met you and Paul and Danelle Gage over there at Reeling Freedom, um, nothing but respect and love for everything you guys do over there. You always know Real Animals has got your back. If you need anything, all you got to do is holler, my brother. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Captain Mike. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of the Real Animals Podcast as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. The Real Animals Podcast, always presented by my good friends at Contender Boats. If you're looking for that boat of a lifetime, check out Contender Boats today. Captain Gene Hammond, what a great guy. 
Uh, I love what he stands for. I can't even imagine all of those tours uh, over in the desert. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. And to come back here and be a great businessman, a great part of our community, a great leader helping uh, veterans like they do at Reeling Freedom is absolutely spectacular. So what a, what a great guy. I love, uh, I love helping out Reeling Freedom and being part of that cool organization, no doubt about it. Uh, Real Animals Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, RITampaBay.com, and of course Spotify. Remember, it's important to subscribe, rate, and review. That subscribe is very helpful to us. The rating is helpful too, so make sure you check us out. We try to drop them each and every Tuesday, but uh, sometimes I go through stretches where I'm on the water and I can't get in studio, but we do the best that we can. So keep your eyes open for them. Again, we're presented by Contender Boats, and we certainly appreciate you guys checking us out. It's Rock Riley, and I am so jacked up. I got a new podcast. Once a week, it's The Rock Stops Here. I'm going to be talking with athletes and entertainers, current and former, on making it to the promised land, to the top. And what happens when it's all over and you don't know what to do and you got family problems and money creeps in and health and all that jazz. Real talk. No more corporate BS. I can call it like it is. The Rock Stops Here. With me, Rock Riley, can be found anywhere you find your podcasts and radioinfluence.com.